Well, good morning. As Jim said, we're pausing our Daniel series, and what we're going to do is take just a couple of verses from Joshua chapter 24. So if you've got a Bible, have it open at Joshua chapter 24, and we'll let you know uh, as we go what we believe God uh, wants to say through this. Joshua 24, have that open. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are constant, unchanging, and your love is so wide, so deep, so high, we can barely comprehend it. We pray this morning, Father, that you would speak to all of our hearts. Indeed, even now we open our hearts to you and pray that you would speak and glorify your son, Jesus. We pray that our words would fall away after this talk but that your word, the word of life, Jesus Christ himself, would just be magnified and illuminate and and bring fire to our understanding of who you are, Father, and that you would send us out in the power of your spirit to go and change the atmosphere, change the world around us. And we pray this in your name. Amen. So this morning, we are having a mid-season break. For those of you who watch these American shows, you'll know that they have part one, and then they have a break, and then they have part two. So we've done Daniel part one, we'll go on to Daniel part two, but this morning we're having a break. And it's partly because we are in this period now where lockdown is slightly easing, and Boris Johnson has given us a new framework of what we can and can't do. And after the talk two weeks ago from Boris, it looks like actually church, uh, a gathered church, is far from close to happening. And it looks like church, as we remember it from February and January, is going to be a very long time before it happens. So we've been seeking the Lord and saying, Father, what are you doing in this time? What are you doing in this season? What do you want to do in our hearts And we think that he has given us a bit of an answer of where he wants us to go in the next three months, so from June to September. So that's what we're going to share with you this morning, what we feel God is saying to us for the next three months. So as we've been seeking the Lord, we basically feel God is saying two things uh, at this time. Uh, The first thing, number one, is that this is a huge opportunity for every single one of us to grow and mature spiritually. To grow and mature spiritually. Uh, The second thing we feel God has said uh, is that this is a time where God wants to reset family now and for generations to come. Where God wants to reset what family is, how we relate, where he is in relation to family now and for generations to come. And on the 22nd of March, which, can you believe, was our very first live stream on a Sunday, I talked about being households of faith. Households of faith. And really our title this morning is From Households of Faith to Households of Glory. Households of Faith to Households of of glory. So the first thing, what does it mean 
by this being a time for us to grow and mature spiritually. What do we mean by this? And it's been glorious and wonderful to be back in our church building uh, today. And, uh, you know, we hope that's, um, you know, just been a blessing for you just to come into, you know, that kind of flow here in the church building. Uh, But really, in this time, if you stand back and look at what's going on, you know, everything that we used to know about how we related to one another as a church has been stripped away. And however good we get at using technology, uh, using Zoom, Google Hangouts, you know, filming, YouTube, you know, WhatsApp, however good we get at using technology, it isn't actually the same. It isn't the same as gathering in person, physically being present, being in the presence of God. And yet, as we step back and just considering what is going on in this time, you know, the impact of coronavirus is no surprise to God. You know, he always knew that in 2020, we would be reacting to this as a planet and as people. Um, I guess what, what we've just been reflecting on is that some of, the, some of the ways that we do church and have been church together, because we can't do those, then the opportunity to reset spiritually and to reset our lives on God is a huge moment we believe God is really working within and wanting to, uh, wanting to grow us in this time. You know, and, and please hear me with what I'm about to say. We love church. You know, we love being together. You know, I mean, it sounds crazy in the 21st century, but we love coming to church. We do. We look forward to it. We get excited, you know, as the week crescendos towards Sunday because we love being in God's presence with you amazing people and just discovering, like, what is God going to do this Sunday? It's so exciting. We love it. And there will always be a place biblically and in our hearts and vision for us to meet together in person. I mean, the book of Hebrews even says, you know, never, never give up the habit of meeting together. You know, pursue that and it's hugely important. But I think one of the things that we've just been reflecting on is, is perhaps sometimes just this, this creep can come into church life where perhaps we can be overly reliant on the gathering and what God does when we're with other people to the neglect of what he wants to do in each of us individually. You know, sometimes we can rely on other people's walk with God. We can rely on other people's gifts or their anointings and, you know, almost sometimes get a bit propped up by that and use that and almost live on that in our own walk with God. You know, we, we, we love the buzz of when we all gather together and the atmosphere of expectancy and faith and of God being present amongst us. You know, we love it when, you know, some of our guys are teaching away and our worship guys are blazing away. We love it, but we believe this is a time where God wants every single one of us to grow in such a way that we don't need or rely on that, but actually that he is powerfully growing all of us spiritually. Every single one of us, those of us who think of ourselves as the weaker ones or the not-so-on-fire ones, he wants to meet with us and grow us all spiritually.
And what would it look like if then, when on a Sunday we all came together, that it was an expression or an overflow of what it would be like for the rest of the week? that we would be having our own worship nights, that we would be preaching to ourselves or to our families, that we would be reading scripture for ourselves, that we would be hearing God's own voice for ourselves. And we wanna use this time to make sure that we just go deeper in our faith, in our relationship with the Lord. And if you think about Acts 8, and we've been reading Acts together as a church, the church had to disperse. And yet, what happened was, it grew quicker than any other time. And wouldn't it be amazing that in this time of dispersal, that we see the biggest growth as we all are Jesus to each other, to our neighbours, and we all take responsibility for our own faith and for seeking the Lord and for growing ourselves spiritually. A key scripture we've talked about over the last few years is Ezekiel 47, uh, Ezekiel from the Old Testament chapter 47, where it talks about the river of God bringing life wherever it goes, streaming forth from the temple. Uh, And what's fascinating about that scripture is that the further away the river gets from its source in terms of the temple, the deeper it gets. And yet sometimes in our walk with God, is it not true that the further we get away from Sunday or the further we get away from meeting with others, our walk with God can perhaps feel a bit shallower or less vibrant or less full of life. And so we just want to say, almost thinking about that as a key passage for our church and this land that we live in, we want to see God do the flip that we see in that scripture which is that the further we get away from the gathering point the deeper and more powerful and more teeming with life the river gets through our lives to those around us and and, you know as as kind of leaders of the church you know sometimes we we feel and we pray like the apostle Paul did in the New Testament where he was like I long that Christ would be formed in you I long that Christ be formed in you. And I think our prayer for our own lives, but our prayer for you, for every one of you, for the children, for the teenagers, for the middle-aged, for the, for the older ones amongst us, is that Christ would be formed and grown and birthed in such a powerful way in all of us through this time. That we would come out of here shining Jesus, literally gleaming his glory from every fibre of our being. And, you know, I just want to sort of remind us really, you know, how much Jesus has done in the new covenant from some verses from the book of Hebrews chapter 8. And if you look at Hebrews chapter 8, picking up at verse 10, it echoes uh, the same words that we find in, in, in the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament. And what the book of Hebrews is basically saying is what Jesus has done has fulfilled the Old Testament longing for this. And what it looks like is this, Hebrews 8 verse 10. This is the covenant I will make, God says. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. They will no longer need to teach one another and say to each other, know the Lord, For they will each know me from the least of them 
to the greatest. And what, what that scripture is not saying that there's, there's no place for the ministry of teaching or there's no place for encouraging one another and calling one another on. But what it's saying is in the new covenant, every one of us can hear and receive and live out what it means to know God and to know his ways and to hear him so that we will really be his people and he will really be our God, not mediated through anybody, not church leaders, not a live stream, but literally one-on-one, God and you, speaking to you, growing you, forming you to be like Jesus. Yeah, and I just want to pause just to encourage some of us who are struggling right now and who are feeling maybe God feels far away from you. And I just want to encourage you uh, just with the words of Jesus before he leaves the earth. He says to his disciples, I will not leave you as an orphan. I'm going to send my spirit to be with you. And I just want to encourage you all that he loves you. You have received his spirit. He's called you to follow him. He's called you to hear his voice. He never will leave you. He hasn't left you now. He's closer than you think. So I just want to encourage you to draw close to him. Even in those times where you're feeling he's distant, just spend time, draw close to him and he will draw close to you and he will bring you comfort and joy and peace and hope and love. But you are his and he will never leave you. Just press in, just press in for more of him this morning. Just decide that. Just say, you know, if you're with someone, grab their hand. If you're on your own, if you're on your own, grab mine through the screen now. <laughs> I'm just going to say, Lord, we choose to grow. We choose to be open. We choose to put deep roots, as Jim prayed, down in you. We choose to believe that you have called me and that your plan for changing this planet is through me living it out as Jesus wherever you go and we thank you that we're not left on our own we're not left orphaned and we choose to say yes 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 we are in we are in in Jesus name amen amen so first thing we feel God is doing is he's wanting us to grow And he's wanting to grow his church. He's wanting us to emerge from this time, mature from this time, uh, ready to be oaks of righteousness. Not just saplings, not just acorns, but oaks of righteousness to display the splendor of the Lord. That's the first thing. The second thing is we feel God is resetting family now and for generations to come. Yeah, I, I'm someone who looks at times and seasons and just asks the Lord constantly, what, what are you doing? What's going on? I like to just always be prophetic, just saying, God, what are you doing? What am I sensing right now? What is going on? So I'm just going to uh, share prophetically with you for a moment. And it's interesting, in this time right now of coronavirus, a lot of people have been comparing it to the times of World War II. And it's interesting that in World War II, 
uh, sons and fathers, men, were separated from their families. The government enlisted their help to fight for their country. And what happened was, as a result of that, families were separated. Some men were lost, some fathers were lost, and those who returned were often emotionally unstable. They found it difficult, some of them were traumatized, they had post-traumatic stress disorder, and they found it difficult to share their feelings, they found it difficult to show love. So what happened, the effects of that separation of fathers and men from the family at that time affected not only that generation, but generations after that. And I would say some men still today are feeling the effects of what happened of losing fathers or where their fathers weren't actually around in emotionally, even though they are in person. And I was just thinking that, isn't it interesting that today, with the coronavirus, what has the government said? It's said that we have to lock down in households. And I just want to prophetically declare that this is going to be a time that households and families in our generation could have a time where we are strengthened, where we are redeemed, where we are healed. And it could be a time where we have a gear change in our households and families for the generations to come. And I really do believe that that is what God wants to do in this time. He wants to reset families. He wants to grow us, nurture us. He wants us to have fun and laughter and joy. He wants us to be uh, just stable in those natural relationships. But he also wants us to grow spiritually as households. And I think my heart is that looking back that people could see the time of coronavirus and declare, wow, that was a moment in history where families changed, where families were restored and redeemed. So I just want to prophetically offer that to you this morning. And we're going to share a bit about that. But do just take hold of this and pray that in this time, God will do a move in our families and in families across the nation, not just in our own households, but across this nation, across the globe, so that families can be changed and be reset back to how God intended them to be. Amen. Amen. I think, um, you know, speaking, you know, today on the 24th of, of May, it's interesting looking back over the last couple of months or so that it feels like people are responding kind of in one or two ways. The first bit, it felt like we were all sort of just having a bit of a holiday, you know, or we didn't have to commute any longer, or we just got to spend more time at home, uh, 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 spend more time at home, and that was really fun. And then we've sort of, it's felt like the last period just has felt a bit like we're trying to do our level best to recreate what life was like before um, through technology. And yet, I think what we feel with this move uh, that we believe God wants to do to reset family, this is now for us to embrace and to go with and to prioritize, certainly for the next three months, if not longer. And uh, I think in terms of, uh, you know, what do we mean by resetting the family? Um, I think what we, we sense that God wants to do is to reset the family and recover a more biblical vision of family. 
perhaps a more Hebraic or Jewish vision of family and heal us and cleanse us of individualism, both in terms of our time and our pursuits, but also in terms of our walk with God. You know, the great thing about knowing Jesus personally is that we get to know him personally. But also, I think in Bible times, they would have had a much more shared experience and walk with God that he's calling us to recover. And for the last two or three years, you know, as a church, we've been really just pressing the pedal on the revelation God graciously released to us of knowing him as Father. And as we've begun to see God release this revelation of knowing him as Father, you know, we've caught his heart that he wants to restore, he wants to heal, he wants to revive family. And we've had, you know, numerous testimonies throughout our church of family reconciliation, of people finding God's power and grace to actually forgive of greater intimacy being restored in relationships. Uh, and that's been amazing. You know, many of us have begun to pray and to seek how we can get our households and our families uh, sorted out and get them in order. You know, and our, what we've done in terms of our kingdom family communities uh, has really come out of what we believe God as Father has been leading us in as a church. But we actually believe God wants to take this a lot further during this time. Yeah, we believe God wants to bless family life. He wants to build multi-generational, loving, intimate, united families that move together as one spiritually. And we want to take it further. We've talked about building those natural relationships. And now we're going to ask you to step it up in the supernatural as well as households and as families. Because we believe that God's vision for family is to build secure, loving, fun, great uh, foundations for your family that are, are strong and healthy and full of love. But what we also know that God wants us to do is for families and households to be a place where his presence and his glory can dwell and where the fullness of the kingdom is expressed within our homes and within our relationships. We want it to be, first and foremost, the place where God's kingdom grows. And then from there, it spreads out to our neighbours and to our friends and to our churches. You know, how many of us find it easier to share our faith out there and it's harder in our families? And yet we believe this is the time now where God is flipping that. He wants to change that. He wants us to start with families first, to share that faith, to encourage one another, to build one another up, and to build strong households of faith, of love, and glory. So what does this mean for church life in the next three months? You know, as we look ahead to... June, July, August, you know, what does this mean? Um, you know, I think what's wonderful is that everyone has so many ideas and it's really terrific and we love it. Um, but, you know, I think we could easily, easily as church 
end up filling, you know, five, six nights a week. You know, we could have a, a worship night on one night. We could have a prayer meeting on another night. We could have some teaching on another night. We can have our kingdom family communities on another night. We can then do a, you know, a mock pub quiz on another night. And, and all this stuff, you know, to try and uh, almost recreate life as it was before through technology. Uh, and yet, actually, what we believe God is saying is that he's calling us to prune centrally and not really do a great deal more than we have been so that we don't distract from what the Holy Spirit's saying about calling us to really grow in our households, which may be on our own or, or literally with the people around us, uh, that we just don't want to sort of fill up too much time and distract from the opportunity to really grow the spiritual atmosphere and depth and richness within those people we live under the same roof with. Yeah, we don't want to take your time watching a screen when actually you could be having that time with those members of your household, growing each other, nurturing each other. Um, I think in pictures all the time and the way I see or the picture that I see for what's going on is we, if you think about what Chank gives out as a takeaway, so we could give you a takeaway every single night and on a Saturday we could give you a takeaway Sunday, uh, Sunday we could give you a takeaway Sunday roast. But actually what we want you to do in this time is learn to cook yourselves. You know, you yourselves taking the opportunity to learn how to cook. But not only that, then you can teach your children how to cook. And you can teach your neighbours how to cook. And you can bring them in. And what I'm just trying to say is it's time for us all, you know, not to need, I need a worship leader, or I need a preacher, or I need someone to explain the scriptures to me. It's time to just walk with Jesus and allow him to teach us and the Holy Spirit to guide us in all of this. Because we could fill your homes with content. But we just don't want to do that because we don't want to miss the chance to be still before the Lord and to lay ourselves bare and ask, Father, what do you want to grow in my life? What do you want to do in my life? And how can I build my household? How can I nurture and grow faith and love in my home? You know, and we've really been seeking the Lord about this. And, you know, for example, we love worshipping. We love encountering. We love ministry as a church. You know, and we might be thinking, how do we do that in our house? You know, I can't play the guitar like Luke can. Or, you know, I can't do this, can't do that. Do you know what, though? What would it be like if we just said, okay, on a Friday, we're going to do a worship night. And it might just be you and your spouse. Or it might just be you on your own. But actually, I tell you what, what if up and down our land, our region, households just began to worship, you know, rather than rely on being led by others, but literally to worship. And, you know, we, we know what Jesus taught in John 4, that the Father is really looking for worshippers in spirit and truth. He's not looking, you know, for all of us to, you know, jump behind those who are really great musicians a blessing though they are, and I'm not knocking that in any way. But what would it be like if we all learned to worship in the awkwardness, 
you know, with our children if we have them, you know, if we all learn to grow in this. And, you know, I think one thing we, we're both feeling really passionate about is um, bringing people to Jesus and sharing faith with our neighbours. You know, and again, we were just thinking, you know, we could, we could put out an online course and, and they're terrific, you know, and they're brilliant and, and a real blessing to so many. But what if God was calling us to just begin to think through and allow him to do such a work in us that actually we, each one of us, rather than gathering at a central point, but each one of us, God did such a work in us that we actually grew, that we just became so natural and easy and confident at just sharing Jesus with our neighbours. And we became Jesus to the ones on our streets around us. Uh, 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 and I think, I guess, what we, what, I guess what we're trying to say is that we're not knocking the central stuff in any way and we will continue to provide. But I think we are changing the focus that the central stuff that we do put out is there to equip us and to enable us and inspire us and to almost nudge us to grow in our own households into all that God has for us and grow in our families into all that God has for us. Yeah, because our heart is that we can emerge from this time with strong relationships, with strong marriages, with strong families, and where we have a strong shared expression of the kingdom in our homes and within our relationships. That we won't be just seeking the Lord as individuals, but we will be doing that in our marriages, in our, in our households, and in our family. And we want to be seeking his presence and his glory, not only as individuals, but as households serving the Lord together. And think about this with the kids, you know, uh, those of us who have them. Is there anything more that we'd love to do? It's to do God's stuff better as a household, as a family. You know, think about the things that we love in church, bodies strewn everywhere, fire tunneling, growing in our gifts, you know, worshipping the Lord with abandon. What would it be like if just a few of us stepped into all of those gifts which are from God and of the Holy Spirit and we just learned to do that together with the kids? You know, it's, it's, you know that could be just so exciting. Uh, I just want to just share a little note just for those of us who are living on our own. Uh, you know, some of the, us who are single and thinking, okay, a household for me is pretty quiet because, you know, it's just me. How does that work? And I, what we're going to do through the next three months is encourage our kingdom family community leaders within the KFC to say, okay, this is a time where family, we're encouraging families to adopt those who are living on their own into the family. So we're, it's not just the KFC doing this all the time, but within the KFC, the families that are represented there take responsibility to adopt into the family those who are on their own. Uh, and that is going to have to be by technology, but it could be one-on-one, going for walks together, but it might be that the family decides to share a special meal on a Friday night. Well, let's loop in 
the person who may be on their own, and they can sit there and join us and eat the food in their home and be part of that family. And we can truly recover some of that biblical vision of family and adopting in those who are on their own into that household and taking responsibility for one another in that place. It's interesting as well, isn't it, that the way God created us was in a family. You can't have a child without, I'm not going to go into all the details, but he created man and woman to create and to have children. And family was there at the beginning, and family is always going to be there throughout the whole of time. Seasons may change, history may change, culture, society, technology, whatever, but that family unit you can't get away from because that's the way uh, God chose for us to recreate. But it's also interesting that from the beginning, I believe that family has been under attack and I believe it is a strategy of the enemy to break down family. If you think about after the fall in Genesis 3, you see family relationships broken straight away. You see Cain and Abel, there's murder, there's rivalry. You see it again in Isaac and Ishmael, that rivalry. And Joseph and his brothers, it's constant. But I do not believe that is on God's heart. God created something that was pure and holy and was meant to be a reflection of his nature. We were created in his image. And I think he wants to redeem that today. So what could this look like? And we're just going to share with you before we finish just some uh, prophetic ideas or some statements that we want to share or some ideas of how we want uh, our families and our households to be restored and changed in this season. So we believe, first of all, that God wants to restore the household to being the primary place where faith is shared, taught, passed on, practiced and lived out. We, we believe that what God is doing is that, is that he wants the home to be the first and primary place we do God's stuff and not the hardest. God is restoring the home to be the primary, most fertile and easiest place, the most powerful place for us to express and experience our relationship and our call in him rather than the hardest. Yeah, and we believe that God wants couples within marriage to be united together spiritually. We don't want those times any longer where one is ahead of the other, but we want them to be united, moving as one body, naturally and spiritually. We believe that God is far less interested in us growing individually on our own when we're in a household than he is in nurturing, growing a united, together, spiritually on fire family unit that lives and moves spiritually in unison together. And we think God is desiring to use this time to heal generational baggage, to set people free from it, to break cycles of the past and to really heal 
and restore family units. We believe God is turning up the volume on the sound of the vision for multi-generational life together. And I think you can see this in seed form in our church already. We've got multiple, we've got loads of families who have at least three generations in the same church. And in fact, we've got you know, a few which have four generations in the same church, which is amazing. So God has placed this within our church already as a sign and signal of his grace and what he's doing. But we believe he wants us to, to be the restorers of what it looks like for grandparents and parents and children to have a, a united expression of walking together with God, learning from one another, growing together and enjoying God as one. Yeah, and we feel that in this season, God is giving us the grace and a new authority over the home life. Not by shouting, but new authority over sin patterns, over the enemy, over destructive family life. He's resurrecting and redeeming family life and he's giving us that new authority that we need. We also believe that God wants evangelism to look like our families having the time and space to take responsibility for the neighbours we live next to. Pruning down activity to have the time and space as a household and as a family to take responsibility for sharing the beauty and love of Jesus with those we live next door to. We believe that the healing of the nation is in the healing of family. And I'm going to say it again. I'm not going to explain it. I want the Lord just to, for him to just uh, let it dwell in your hearts. But we believe that the healing of this nation is in the healing of the family units. We just feel God has just reminded us again and laid this on our hearts more and more that the revival of this nation is in the revival of the family. The revival of the nation is in the revival of the family. The glory of this nation, of this United Kingdom, is in the glory falling upon family. So our heart is that this time we will see a turn of the tide, really, for our households and for families. We want to see what God intended for families to be brought into the reality of how we experience it today. We don't want to be dependent on what society says about family or just living life, just not thinking about how to lead our families. But we believe it's a, it's a time, maybe we're never going to get this time ever again in our lives, where we can uh, set our sails as a family with the Lord, where we can grow together, grow in love, in unity, in faith, in uh, acknowledging and honouring God's presence amongst us. And that is our heart for this time, and that is our prayer for every single one of you watching, and our prayer for our family too. During the worship, uh, I just had this sense that 
the healing of family is on God's heart and he is going to do it. And I just, I felt I could see this picture of the Lord just dropping healing onto homes, onto houses, that where we allow him in, he is just going to do it. He's going to bring healing. He's going to bring restoration. He's going to make those, those times where we've thought, oh, worshiping together is really hard, or prophesying together is really hard, but there's going to be an ease. There's going to be the wind of his spirit that is blowing, that is bringing an ease because it's on his heart. And if only we just allow him in these times to grow us up individually, but also to grow us and to nurture us as households of faith and households that carry and honour his presence and glory. Yeah, I just felt even as we've been talking this morning that for some of us, uh, you've almost like, it almost feels like a bit of a, a ceiling on that because it feels really hard. And for some of us thinking, okay, if we begin to prioritize those we live, you know, who live amongst us, that feels impossible or that feels really challenging, really difficult. But, but I think what, what that feeling is, is that we're pushing against the enemy's assignment to destroy family you know how how discouraging is it you know when you have an awesome time at church and less than 30 minutes later over Sunday lunch you know there's a blazing row you know at home and you know I share that (laughs) I share that from bitter experience you know whereas actually what is because the enemy wants to discourage us in the place where we are really ourselves and spend the most time which is in our households but what if that flipped over and that was restored and you know almost the most life that we found in God was with those around us and amongst whom we spend the most time and then when we emerged from our homes it was just the overflow of what God was doing within us so I just want to sort of acknowledge that that may this may feel really challenging for some of us but we just want to almost lead us in this as a church community. And we will, um, we'll, we're going to do a live stream in a couple of weeks and talk a bit more about this. And we'll, t- we'll send to you uh, some stuff to bless and to equip you as we go forwards. But, but do you know what? Most of all, it's just all of us sitting, standing, coming before God, kneeling before him, saying, Lord, would you do a work in my family? Would you do a work in my household? Would you do a work in me, in us, that is so transformative that you are redeeming and restoring and making new what you, what you loved and set us in right from the beginning? And so we just wanted to sort of close with a verse from Joshua, which is a decision verse for us. Uh, to lead us and give us an opportunity to decide to opt into this this morning. And uh, this is from Joshua chapter 24, uh, picking up at verse 14. Do you want to read it first, love? And then I'll read it. Now therefore, revere the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away and cast off the gods of your, your, sorry, the gods your ancestors served. Choose this day whom you will serve. 
But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. I'm going to just speak that verse again. Why don't you just stand to your feet wherever you are at home. And after I've done this, I'm going to pray. And then Luke is going to lead us just in a final song uh, where we're just praying the Spirit will really speak to each of us and uh, about what he wants to do and take us on from wherever we are. But just stand to your feet where you are and let's own this verse and let's make this a decision moment where we say, yes, Lord, we are in. The next three months, we just say, you have full permission. We're going to chase after you. We're going to be intentional. We're going to pursue you because we know, Lord, without any sense of striving, but we're just going to step into what you're doing because we know that you, we believe you want to do a work in this area. You want to unleash a move of your spirit in this sphere, in this place. Joshua 24, verses 14 and 15. Now therefore, revere the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Put away and cast off the gods your ancestors served. Snip away the baggage that's come down the generational lines. Put away all the stuff that people unwittingly or intentionally did that shackles your family. Throw it off and cast it off. And choose this day whom you will serve. Choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my household, This day, we will serve the Lord. And Father, we just want to bless every household now. We want to pray that you would release your spirit into every home. We want to pray that you would bless those living on their own, those living as couples, those living with children under their roofs. You would bless every household as we have set our sails to serve you in our homes. We say, Lord, Would you, by your spirit, do a profound work in us that you might unleash a move of God, that the healing of a nation would be found in the healing of family, that the revival of a nation would be found in the revival of family, that the glory of this nation would be found in the glory that you want to pour out on families. Let us go from being households of faith to being households of glory. In the name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said, wherever they are, in their households, they said together, Amen. Well, may God bless you and keep you and cause his beautiful, holy, powerful face to shine upon you, turn the light of his countenance towards you and this day in your homes for the next three months and forevermore fill you with his wonderful peace. God bless you all. God bless. Amen.